0: At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. Uh-huh. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this, because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of twenty percent. Really, my bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, uh-huh. oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call one eight hundred Farmers to get a quote today.
1: We are Farmers. Report twenty eighteen nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
2: Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I am Matt.
3: Uh, uh, I'm Emily.
1: And I'm Mandy.
2: And this episode, we are talking uh, the Sue Sylvester Shuffle. Ooh, it's the 11th, uh, 11th episode in season two, and it premiered on uh, February 6th, 2011, which uh, for, for people that probably are not listening to this podcast would know is the day after the Super Bowl. I don't know that. I just know that because <laughs> you... I did research.
3: Are you saying that our listening audience is not also a Super
2: Bowl audience? I'm just saying the Venn diagram between our audience and huge Super Bowl fans is probably two circles.
3: Was that maybe the problem of airing this episode after the Super Bowl in the first place?
2: I mean... Is that
3: maybe something we should talk about in this episode? That might come up. No, I come up.
2: Yep. That might come up. Spoiler. That might come up. Uh, so, just a little, little bit of background for, for everybody that has not rewatched the episode anytime recently. Uh, when Coach Beast recommends the members of the football team to join Glee Club and prepare for a performance during halftime in their final championship game, uh, things turn out pretty bad. Coach Beast and Will also have hopes that the two groups can end their rivalry. Sue asks her Cheerios and Glee Club to choose whether to attend their cheerleading regional championships. Or perform at halftime. Meanwhile, old lovers uh, begin a new spark. Uh, this episode was written by Ian Brennan and directed by Brad Falchuk. And as noted, it uh, it followed the Super Bowl. Um, just as a quick aside, um, it did follow the Super Bowl. So it had the. it is the highest watched Glee episode because of that. And it actually had like a 47% increase over the... Uh, Episode previously. That's just which, not
3: really fair, though.
2: That's not a fair assessment. It, it's sort of like a, I, I don't understand the people that are like, I finished watching the Super Bowl. Well, first of all, I don't understand the people that are like, I want to watch the Super Bowl. So Yay. there's there's my my problem. But anyway, they're <laughs> like, I I just watched the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to change the channel. I'm just going to leave it on whatever comes next. I'm going to watch
1: that. That like, sounds I like the American. That.
3: I was going to say, it's exactly what happens. Yeah. You're so drunk and so full on burritos and chips and salsa, and you're so tired after what should be an hour and a half game has taken 16 hours that you just, you can't reach the remote. So mm-hmm. whatever's left, and now Super Bowl commercials look exactly like TV shows, you just don't even realize that a show has come on.
2: That's fair, because in this uh in this episode, Glee actually had an in character commercial where they popped up in a Chevrolet ad and oh, were singing right. like, a song. I forgot about that. In a Chevrolet ad. So that's fair. It's a fair mm-hmm. argument. I guess I, guess I just, I, this is talking politics of, of football and sports um, that I don't uh, really have a lot of, I don't have a lot that I can come, I can have this argument or conversation about because I'm not a sports ball person but like i just don't i just i'm like we all have remotes you can like literally hit the off button or any other buttons it's, but a okay, big, I guess. it's a
3: big deal to be the show that gets to air after the super bowl
2: oh i get i get that's a big deal i just don't understand because money I mean, clearly a, a, clearly a lot of people aren't changing the channel yeah. it's not like what i'm saying is correct i just don't <laughs> understand it. like clearly what i'm saying is wrong however there have been declining um viewership in the years so i think more people are agreeing with me then again most there's also declining viewership in the super bowl so there's also that anyway yes. uh, this is all to say this is the most watched episode because people don't understand how how remotes work when they're in a food coma and um so that that's the thing also it was the second most expensive episode um the New York episode was the most expensive because it was obviously it was in New York. Um, but this episode cost five million dollars, which I assume if you're going to be running after the Super Bowl, that makes sense. You are going to go all the fuck out. But just uh, as a as a reminder for people, uh, all the five million dollars went to professional fire breeders, BMX bikers, jugglers, the <laughs> USC marching band, Katie Corrick, pyrotechnics, crazy amounts of elaborate costumes and special effects makeup, um, an on-set canon, and over 500 extras. That seems, so, and there were, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah, so I'm like, that, that was, you got a lot for $5 million. Uh, there was also a lot of setbacks with uh, filming, because everybody had laryngitis and the flu, because you production time and you guys are all probably making out with each other. And not just on screen. So. yeah.
1: Seems There's like that. that was the
2: thing that was happening, yeah, yeah, pretty
3: much.
1: Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly,
3: you're like legally uh, re- required to say
2: allegedly, yeah. And the change that makes that means we're no longer culpable because yeah. you know you're immediately going to go for our podcast for mm-hmm. you know for suing and making money. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the reception, the critical reception to this episode was, was fairly middling, um, to almost scathing um to be quite honest i i did not hate this episode i have some issues with it but like i don't hate it i felt i thought all the music was pretty damn fun so like i'm good with that but um looking through the reviews it was it was either meh or angry to the like vanderwerf which i may be just quoting this person just so i can say the name vanderwerf (laughs) um observed that Glee keeps tossing the same elements into the hat and coming out with similar results as though the only thing anybody's putting any effort into are the musical numbers.
1: I mean, they're not entirely wrong there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's hard to argue. I mean, I feel like that is a lot of what we've said with with some of our criticism is Mm. that it's just like you're going to continually rehash the same exact plot and not care about moving anything forward so interesting that i guess some critics were starting to see that in season two because i thought it took until season three for people to start cooling off towards it but but really clearly i was wrong
3: well it's all i mean this episode is really hard to critique because i mean we're going to but it's hard to critique because it's it's not written it's not written for a glee audience yeah. nor is it written for a football audience They tried to do both, and they ended up with neither. There's, It's not an episode that can stand alone for people who have never seen Glee, right? Like, if you came into this episode having never seen uh, uh, any of this, you wouldn't have any idea what was going on, right? You'd be like, Mm -hmm. so there are cheerleaders in bra, cone, like cone bras, and BMX bikes, and there are people who sing... And there's a football club, and there's a whole other school somewhere else who showed up at the foot. Like there's n- there's nothing in this episode that's really meant to be standalone for an audience of people who didn't turn off the Super Bowl. And at the same time, it's pandering to the people who didn't turn off the Super Bowl. So it kind of moves some stuff forward in the plot with Korovsky uh having having his come to Jesus moment and then reverting all over again and the um Finn and Quinn stuff and they shoehorned Curtin Kurt Blaine into it even though they weren't originally in the script in the first place and then it doesn't none of it really kind of matters anyway because it's not meant to be it's it's a special episode. It's not really a, a, a an episode of glee. So it doesn't, it doesn't work on its own and it doesn't work in the season. And it's just like, why? Why does this exist? Yeah. And also, like, stop calling everything regionals and nationals. Cause it's really... semi semi
2: Semi's own national regionals. Something. I will say, I think... I don't know that this is necessarily... It's not that this isn't an easy episode to get into because there are worst episodes if you are not a um if you were if you were if you were like a new fan to get it to, to start watching um i can't think of any off the top of my head but i know there are worse episodes where so it's just like what the fuck you know maybe the breakup spoilers <laughs> that was probably that one would probably would make no sense if you had no idea who these characters are and why everybody's crying um that would that would probably, probably wouldn't work but also at the same time i i feel like this is they leaned heavily on the football team for obvious reasons, but right. they also made the football team antagonistic mm-hmm. and idiot and, and idiot.
3: Seems like, like a
2: bad are. for a football it audience. Like maybe you shouldn't do that if you're going to be playing yeah. football. And at the end of the day, the point of this, of the episode was you need to let, some football stuff go and embrace musical theater, which I'm all here for. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much of that audience is here for that. Um, so yeah, it just, it felt like, like this doesn't make the most sense. Yeah. Like I, I, I get you using the football team, but, and I'm not saying you should have done it from a sympathetic football team perspective. I just, there's there's, I don't know. I feel like they may have written themselves into a corner because you, ca- you've, you've already previously depicted them as assholes. Um, yeah. So how do you walk not that do that? Um, yeah. How do you walk that back? How do you, how do you retcon it? I mean, you guys do anyway. So maybe that doesn't fucking matter. Maybe you just do, but I don't know. yeah. So the, it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I will say I do disagree. I thought this episode had bang in music. So any, any critic that said this episode sucked on the musical side, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are smoking, but like, I love this episode musically. So, okay. Whatever. I'll just enjoy it myself in my little corner of the world. That's fine. Um, I didn't really have any problems with
3: the music. I just thought, I thought it was interesting that, uh, an episode that was specifically designed to air after the Super Bowl in February had a Halloween-themed mashup.
2: Yeah. Right? I do mean, like, I, I get why they did, because literally why? they just look at whatever... Okay. So, um, around that time... Um, but it was supposed to be a Michael
3: Jackson episode.
2: It was. And they decided not to, go, to do that, but they wanted to keep the Thriller particular uh, dance number... Because at that time, that viral video of the Philippine um, inmates doing the thriller video was going around. And basically, Ryan Murphy picks all of his ideas from just random shit that literally just pop up. He really does. So that's why that was there. Because, yeah, no, it makes no sense. Like, why are we all zombies and singing thriller in fucking February? Mm -hmm. But that's partly why um because he doesn't go oh that's a cool idea i'll bank that for when it fucking makes sense it's like i'm gonna do the thing now yeah and to be to be fair like i felt that number was incredibly cool so like you did not need the philippine inmate um ds video which side note i haven't done a lot of research into uh, like the philippines like penal system So please don't come for me. But (laughs) every time I see that video, it does make me question things like how consenting were these. Probably not very. Yeah, I do. I do have, I do have issues and thoughts of that entire video, especially what's going on with Duterte right now. So yeah, probably not consenting No. Anyway, um, that being said, I don't feel like that, that video or that musical number needed, you know, that viral video as an explanation. Like, that straight yeah. up lives on its own. You could you could have held off for that to like October and you used it. I and it would it nobody been fantastic for Halloween. Yeah. Right? Right. Anyway. Um, yeah, so now I, I thought I thought everything with the music was great this episode, but that's fine. I'll I'll discuss that more when we talk about all of the songs at, at the end. So let's talk with let's talk about the one that took up the most time and we all least care about, McKinley. <laughs> Um, I literally have one note here, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is it? I did. I did a lot of research into other things and and like critic responses and memes. Mm -hmm. But as far as notes and thoughts on like the entire fucking McKinley storyline, I have one note. Is uh, let's say okay. I want to play. Guess
3: what, Map thought.
2: (laughs) Ding 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 ding. ding. I feel like there needs to be a song here. Guess guess what, Map thought (laughs) were. Is it? Um,
3: I am gonna so you have one thought on McKinnon's gonna be less sh-
2: I mean I feel like that's a standing notification um, for me like that's yes. just a standing note for like the entire fucking series yeah. less shoe less shoe. like he's not even in this episode Less shoe that's true yeah. yeah
3: which is why I figured that you liked it
2: well see okay I I don't dislike this episode I just it's it, I like it. It just isn't like one of my favorites. As far as like my favorites has more Kurt Blaine. I'll be honest. I'm just that's me happy. Um, what I what I didn't with the one note that I put for um, uh, for McKinley was basically I don't understand trying to bring together uh, people who have harassed oh, like yeah. one of your supposedly good friends to the point of him having to to leave and go to a different school, yeah. and you're just like we should try to be friends and I'm like that feels like this is past that point so mm-hmm. I'm like I, I just I feel like the adults are kids in the room question like quotations around mm-hmm. all of that are um living in a sense of denial about the the exact nature of everything and that's and it just reminds me of like the number of times like I'm sure we've all experienced going through life and you Going through hell from somebody, and somebody's like basically, like, whether it be one person, an entire football team, whoever, and it's it literally feels like hell. And adults are just kind of downplaying and minimizing it, and sort of just like it's not that bad. And so, like, this just reminds me of that part of my life when it was just like, you guys don't fully like getting how bad this is for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm dick adults. Uh, So yeah, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, the note was a shoe. He's a dick. Well done Emily. Yeah.
3: It does seem a very um, afternoon special for the way to fix the problems is to make the bullies and the, the victims work together more and not let's punish these people that we all know are harming and harassing our students. But instead, like let's make them rehearse together and, and be part of this team just just more.
2: Yeah. Because generally... these, these kids are dicks and harass these children. Let's make them hang around these kids more.
3: Yeah. That immersion like therapy. A good idea. Immersion therapy really tends to work in this situation.
2: Right. And That's I'm sure it has worked. absolutely no no like
1: counter effects. Yeah.
2: Or, exactly, lasting bad, lasting bad effects for for the said children that have to be used as immersion therapy. Yeah, Literally, the glee kids are
1: the beat. Yeah. I mean, so is this bad writing, or is this the writers just really having no concept of, like, levels of how serious bullying can be? I thing where they're just like, we're just going to pretend that this problem we wrote as so bad he had to leave the school isn't actually that bad, so that we can do our come together and do a dance number episode. I feel like I... I I do feel like in this instance, it's that one
2: because I cannot imagine like Ryan Murphy has big ass blind spots, big ass blind spots and he writes women very poorly, but also as a gay man, I, I sort of feel like you have to understand if somebody literally had to leave the school because of like fear of like physical represent like of being physically assaulted that then trying to be like buddy buddy with them is bad right
1: like you i'm I sure mean, as a gay man you've you had to would, experience shit you would think but do you remember some of karoski's later storylines
3: no there are no, no later storylines what the fuck there are you there are talking
1: no later storylines <laughs> oh sorry it must be a so must be a really bad
3: yeah yeah it was
1: but but that is why I'm, like, dubious about Ryan Murphy actually taking bullying that seriously when it comes to writing his storylines. Um, not that right, I think I, as a human being he doesn't understand bullying, but I do think he is very willing to suspend his disbelief in some situations in order for a convenient, easy plot. Um, so that's literally my, the one note I had for McKinley. Oh, no, no. I take that back. My other half
2: note was just, like, the the Quinn Finn storyline like while I do believe that relationship makes more sense from a like if this was like actual people having a relationship they are people that I think work better together in some cases Mm -hmm. the the dangling carrot approach that Quinn does drives me mad in a in a like as a as like a woman or just like as watching a character it's like what you did today really made me proud and want to be your girlfriend. And it's like, I'm going to use relationship and my sexual, not my sexuality as like to get you to do what you, what I want, but it's very manipulative Mm -hmm. in a demeaning way. And I'm not into that. I'm really, really. Yeah. Yes. They
3: all just
2: need to take some time for themselves,
3: maybe go on like a yoga retreat
2: you know, what's some goats?
3: a goat like, really well. yoga? Yeah, okay. Please if try we a, little, a
1: little. Kombucha. If we were still airing, I think they would do a goat yoga episode. Oh, for a
2: hundred percent sure. Okay, and who would be running it? Because frankly, all I'm saying is Britney. Oh yes,
3: she owns um a goat farm.
2: Brittany uh-huh. runs a Goga studio in. Okay, no, no, this is exactly a goat. She would the Goga craze would start with Brittany. Because she owned a goat farm and somehow decided to randomly leave, like, opened a pen and, um, and her goats got into her yoga studio. And everybody's like, oh, and it's like somehow in Brooklyn because reasons in New York. And that's how they run things. Sure, and yeah. somebody's like, it's the hot new thing. You have to go try this new yoga studio that totally has goats. And it, it sweeps the nation. That is exactly how it would run. Yeah. I,
3: yeah. 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 Seems right sounds like a show to me i don't really see the problem here
2: britney oh my god what is britney's last name
3: Pierce. thank you i kept coming up with britney s pierce because she's britney spears that's right um i i kept
2: saying murphy and i was like that is an actress and that is not the right name oh (laughs) i know exactly i know adam i know know. know. i'm breaking it down what can i say
3: I have no desire to talk about the Cheerios in this episode, other okay. than to say what suddenly their, their thing correspond as at the same time as the football game. Like what? Yeah. The, the The point of high school cheerleaders, unfortunately is to cheer on the team and they do do competitions, right? Like not to knock cheerleaders, but like they do their competitions at other times, not during the championship football game, that's when they do the cheerleading. So this was like a weird conflict. Like they're not at the same time. Stupid.
2: Well, it's stupid. Well, wasn't that part of the one of the plots is that I thought Sue moved the competition. I thought Sue moved one of the things so that they were literally on the same time to make them make the cheerios choose. How could how can she move? A I know. Complaint. I know. That's what now I'm trying to be like, did I, did I just did she, like, completely, I don't Just I, because i watching
3: the episodes doesn't mean I'm paying attention to the minutiae and maybe that's on me, but I have to maintain my sanity somehow.
2: Who was able to, uh, basically because they told her she couldn't have, uh, they couldn't, she couldn't fire Brittany out of a cannon. Right. Uh, she had the, uh, cheerleading, uh, championship competition moved to the same day as the football uh, competition or championship game. So yeah, basically, football competition. You're, you're, yeah, football competition. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're right. It doesn't, it, that's not how things go, but Sue specifically
1: does. On because
2: Sue. Yeah. Well, because
3: Sue. Yeah. Okay. Still, it's stupid. The rest of the Cheerios thing, I just like, the the cheerios deciding between glee and the cheerios is such like a fake choice on a show called glee that i don't care
1: and they've done it before like yes. that is of, like you you've been down this road yeah. it's like the finn quinn
3: thing like we've done this i'm tired stop
1: yeah i i was pretty i don't know neutral on this episode i it's one of the ones that i didn't remember much um I'm sure I watched it when it aired, or when I like went back and rewatched. Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, my my thoughts were like basically all neutral. Um, it was it, it was not the worst episode, but uh, it was not very memorable. It just felt very showy on purpose. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, which makes sense if it aired after the Super Bowl, it was mm-hmm. all you know, all about like leaving an impression with dance numbers and stuff. Less about cohesive episode.
3: What did you think of Quinn's line in the beginning? I think she's talking to Sue and she says this whole thing. So Sue is like feeling blasé and unfulfilled and nothing is interesting for her anymore. And she says, you keep trying to make it big, uh, make a bigger spectacle. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was interesting because it was definitely a commentary both about the show and about media and TV in general. Yeah, Which I thought was interesting because this was only... It's barely even the middle of season two and Murphy's already like self-commentating meta about his own show being a bigger and bigger spectacle and there's so much more to come.
1: I mean, not to mention his entire sitcom of just-
3: Yeah, his whole oeuvre, <laughs> Like his entire career of ramping up bigger and bigger nonsensical things. I mean, and it's the entirety of like, Marvel yeah. Yeah, universe, right? Like it just gets bigger and bigger and dumber and dumber. And that's how we are right now. That's like our media consumption is bigger, bigger, dumber, dumber, more, more. And we'll get out of it eventually. But I just thought it was an interesting 2000. And what is this 10 still? Or are we in 11? 2011. 11 now was Eleven. like, that's, that's still early to be commentating on how uh, the spectacle of Glee when we haven't even gotten to some of the the bigger shit.
2: Um some of the actual spectacle, yeah. Okay, well let's see, I wonder if this is I wonder if this is has any has any note or comment on that. Um It was written by Ian.
3: I know, but they all read the scripts. Like it's just because it's written by Ian it, just because Ian gets oh, yeah. the written credit doesn't mean they all they all contribute.
2: Yeah, it's not like suddenly it yeah, none had of it absolutely no. Yeah. I guess I guess my, my point was more, I wonder if they gave Ian the writing credit rather than Ryan taking it because it was the, the episode right after the Super Bowl, and I can see him being like, "No, I want that writing credit." I just assume Ryan Murphy is just imminently um, whiny and demanding. Uh, I'm not sure. For the first seasons, they traded off. Well, if- I just wondered if if, this, if that comment or that line was more of a point from somebody else about Ryan. And I can see him just like not caring and leaving it. But, um, maybe I guess it, that was the, my point, not necessarily that it was self reference from Ryan, but more a point at Ryan. Like, we, the, you, you do this. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. They all, I guess but, i never know. Was it who would you say wrote it? Um, Ian wrote it, Brad directed it.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, so Ryan technically didn't have any credit here despite the fact like he's the producer so like he does but Yeah. I mean yeah, they're all involved. Oh rib. Yeah
3: writing credits three like, writing credits are like a whole weird WGA thing and like that's, that's fair. That's its whole other thing.
2: That's, that is not an area I have any understanding in. Mm. So nobody does. I I'm, I'm getting I'm getting that suspicion just based off of what I've seen um, on writer strikes. And I'm like, there's just, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of nobody knows what's going on here.
3: Well, What's going on is agents are greedy bastards, but that's another podcast.
2: All right. Well, so let's see. We got, we've got the the cheerio storyline that I I don't care about the uh, football storyline that I don't understand. Um, I will say the um the the actual halftime episode or not half episode uh the halftime song or performance that was that's not what I want the halftime performance is really good like that okay. makes no sense because it's in the middle of february
1: but i think it's really good
3: did anybody's high school football games have a
2: fucking halftime show
1: no mine definitely did. Not.
2: yes <laughs> okay. yes but also no but what mine did- didn't but the ones here in texas do yeah yeah
3: and where are they where's where's glee
2: <laughs> okay that's maybe
3: not fair because ohio is a bigger football town
2: Well, yeah, I mean you have Ohio State, Um, but uh, I don't think anybody can beat Texas for football ridiculousness. It's mostly just the high school band that comes out and plays. But like,
3: yeah, where's the high school band? Were they just like, I guess we'll perform behind these guys and not get our five minutes that were important to the school for
2: once? I don't. I will see. This is the thing that I. I there is no there is no band leader to fight, and I feel like that is um a big misstep on uh on the part of of glee because you goddamn well better anticipate that there is a that there is a band that is like this is the we have one job which <laughs> they have more than one job but like the one thing they get to do is play play the football game honestly that's Two a ways, rivalry but I'm way way more interested it, okay
3: the band geeks versus the glee geeks that that's a rivalry that i would actually pay attention to
1: and like that more actually has, realistic, I think. Yeah. But also really
2: funnier in some ways where it's just like, y'all are both nerds.
1: Mm-hmm. There's like
2: different flavors of nerds. Yep. And you're just like like fight, fighting fighting. And I think a lot more a lot more viewers could also understand that.
3: Not super bowl no. viewers.
2: <laughs> no, they definitely would be lost. But that would have been funny. It's funny uh, but a funny a would have been really funny uh Episode haven't instead of it being football versus Glee, it ends up being surprise. The band is pissed that Glee keeps trying to over, take over and do like we're gonna sing at prom. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. do the halftime show. We're gonna do this, and they'll be like, "Do you guys keep continually forgetting we're a thing, and we're yeah. here, and like that's our job?"
3: Every other group in the school is just wow. like, "But we also pay dues."
2: It's it's led by um, it's led by Brad.
3: Yeah. Leading a secret underground uh, coalition against it's like, the police. Like,
2: it's like Brad, we had no idea you ran the band. He's like, yeah, because you never fucking care unless I can start your start playing on the piano for you.
3: hmm Anyway, mm-hmm. I kind of like the reemergence of the hockey team to slushy the uh, football team. Like, all oh, right, that's the my
2: question. Team. How many that's teams? That's my are- question. Is what high school had an ice hockey? Mm-hmm. Not mine. Not mine.
1: I mean, mine barely had
3: anything. You will notice, however, these are all men's teams doing this shit to each other. There's no like women's lacrosse team showing up slushying these guys. So.
2: No, because the women's lacrosse is like, bitch, we got shit to do. We don't care. So, I, unless we have any other any other thoughts on McKinley, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we should we should jump over to Dalton. Dalton? A little bit of Dalton we saw. All right.
3: the, the obviously shoehorned into this episode bit of Dalton that we saw.
2: So apparently. Series regular Chris Colfer and recurring guest star Darren Chris were not included in the original draft of this script. Nope. They were added by series curator uh, Ryan Murphy in a curator? later revision. Oh. So, Sounds are right. we saying that
3: Ian Brennan doesn't like Klein? Can we say that, say that right now and just like keep that in the back of our minds for later episodes that he writes?
2: Probably. Use are him. we going to say Ian, Bre- Ian Brennan is homophobic? I mean, we you know.
3: Seems unlikely.
2: Unlikely. Uh, no, I I d do, I don't think he cares about Klein. In fact, that was is when Kevin Fallon, uh, writer from The Atlantic, uh, found the episode uh lacking in Glee's usual acerbic wit and emotional heft, but mostly criticized criticized the underuse of Chris Gulfer and Darren Chris.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Because like people are well aware it's like, oh, these characters are interesting but also really well. Play? I'm like, play, mm. Like they have good chemistry. They have good, like, it's just, this storyline's interesting. And this one is rehashing some of the same things and using some characters that are a little bit more like Paper Dolls than others. I mean, you know, the, gonna... I guess the only thing that
3: I will say against Dalton in this episode, and maybe the only time I'll say anything against Dalton ever, is that because it's a weird out-of-time Super Bowl, post-Super Bowl episode is like it, it, they didn't really need to go to a whole other school and further confuse people who are tuning in potentially for the first time. Like one of the main reasons that you you bid for a Super Bowl episode to be the, the show that gets the post-Super Bowl slot is that you're trying to capture new audience because people watching the Super Bowl aren't necessarily the people who watch your show. And you're going to get a huge ratings bump and potentially get to keep a lot of that audience going forward. So you want to have an episode that's easy to digest, easy to understand, and will keep an audience interested and get them to tune in the next week. So you have streamlined stories, you have fewer characters, and generally not something that's too, like, intense, right? Mm -hmm. So if they
1: were just, like, very proud of Darren's vocals and just wanted an excuse to show him off.
3: I I think maybe Ryan Murphy thought that because yeah. Darren was getting popular enough already in his couple outing in his couple uh, episodes already mm. that it was worth it to him to include a, c- a scene at Dalton. Well actually it was uh, and then the coffee shop right?
2: Yeah. Yeah I mean there's the, there's the which, coffee shop scene which yeah. in my opinion I, I guess either you could cut or it can just try and I, I'm assuming it is explanation or explainer who and what these characters are at Dalton were for this song that we just,
3: well, I mean, to me, if you're trying to do this for a post Super Bowl audience, you cut the music, the musical number
1: mm-hmm. and
3: you keep the, um, the coffee shop scene because you've already got two characters in it that the audience has already seen in previous se- um, uh, scenes and now you just, you're introducing two characters that they already know, right? Blaine and Kurt have a relationship with um, Mercedes and uh, what's-her-face. So I just think in introducing Rachel? Rachel, yes. I just think that if you're thinking about it from a business standpoint of like making this an easily digestible episode for a new viewing audience, having a whole separate group of dudes singing a song with zero context is really hard because there's very little explanation that they're rehearsing for a competition because the episode is already geared towards uh, a football championship. And now you're also talking about a um, cheerleading championship and you're talking about a glee club competition. Like there's, there's too much happening. For a first-time audience to be invested and to just really catch on to, and also no human can make those noises that uh, he makes in the beginning of bills. So, <laughs> you know,
2: um, I, I do think I do think there is some some accuracy to what you're saying with like, especially one these, way to look at it. what I, I, I do think there's the, I do think that it, that has a lot of a lot of merit to it, which is just like okay, one this couple whether they're not actually a dating couple but like these these two characters um have a lot of not just fans but also there there is very positive critic response and um we've had a lot of the songs darren has has sung previously have done well we've had um teenage dream uh the baby it's cold outside as we've talked about still plays on the radio during the holidays and there's a lot of versions of that song that exist. um so clearly, like, he's, Darren, Darren is, is a small phenomenon at this point, point, and within the yeah. universe, but I think enough, he's making enough waves, critically, fan base wise that, yes, Ryan, goes, Ryan probably goes, I want to show off Pretty Pony. Right. Everybody look at the Pretty Pony who can sing really well, and don't you now want to keep sing, watching him sing? Yeah. That is, I, I'm sure there's, there's a bit of that in there where it, it like you said it, it was worth some confusion for the potential payoff and that makes sense it's also on a, on a as a not new viewer i just really liked watching bills bills bill yes
3: there's a lot in bills 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 that's like uh blaine and warbler tropes you know of yes of blaine being the showboat right and blaine so, jumping body blaine Chubby Blaine, Blaine jumping on furniture to feel tall. Um, Blaine, (laughs)
2: why is he up there? He likes to be tall.
3: Yeah, like Blaine and the Pips, Um, Warblers obsessively doing acapella music, but making sounds that aren't possible. You know, Um, just just huge.
2: (laughs) Continually, continually doing uh, female female recording artists. Yep, and being Blaine. Blaine is just all about like pop female divas.
3: So you know, there's a lot in there that's very like nostalgia-heavy that I appreciate,
2: and a and a slightly a slightly frustrated Kurt. Yes. Yeah. Which was was I I do I do appreciate they actually did put um, Kurt being starting to get a little frustrated with some things because I I mean spoiler I still don't think any any level of frustration that he would encounter at Dalton ever makes any sense for him not to stay there. But um, I right. do think that his personality would rub up against the way they do some stuff at Dalton, mm-hmm. and I I do, I do enjoy getting to see see sassy Kurt because um, he's kind of been in awe of everything Kurt, and getting to see the snarkier side come back out is uh, I, I appreciate. But yeah. I like
1: snarky snarky uh, Kurt. It, it
2: um, side note,
1: like Kurt. What? I said it definitely just feels more like Kurt. Yeah. Like the character that we're familiar
2: with. Um, As a side note, I continually forget about how high-pitched and soft uh, Kurt's voice is Mm -hmm. in the early Mm -hmm. seasons until I go back and rewatch a new episode and then turn it on. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like, like, Kurt, your voice is just, it's it's still high, obviously, later in other seasons. But I think it, it does drop a little bit. And I don't think it's quite as soft but it's just it's adorable i, <laughs> I you know, don't know that, I, I would agree, that. But... <laughs> um so now that we've discussed why we're throwing in a why we're throwing in dalton when technically doesn't make sense other than the fact that why are we just not always at dalton and just not um, bothering with mckinley which honestly is a fabulous uh business decision in my point in my opinion um Let's 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 discuss the enduring fame from this episode. The one thing that just has just gives and gives. Ten years, ten years later. Eight. I bet it's, it's eight years later because actually time, but you know right. what I mean. Yeah. Uh, gay Hogwarts. Now y'all y'all talk at me while I eat, and we just yeah. Say, yeah this We're
3: gonna post this um this meme. You know, meme gets overused for what it actually is. But this is a meme, I suppose. Um, if We're going to post it on our social media periphery, whatever, all over the place. Because if you haven't seen it, we don't know where you've been. And if you don't remember it, you will once you've seen it. Um, but this is the uh, four panel comic meme of Blaine saying um no i don't want to sound cocky or anything but you and your ragtag team of poverty stricken homophobes and enablers better bring it at regionals because me and my boys back at gay hogwarts are fucking flawless now talk at me while i eat
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it's and it's I, perfect i,
2: I, <laughs> it I still perfect. use the phrase now talk at me while i eat yeah. in real life and nope. nobody gets it and it is endlessly sad yeah, and uh, the the line ragtag, but uh, poverty stricken, homophobes and enablers is perfect. Such a fucking burn. I adore it. It's perfect. Uh, I love it, and also uh, gay Hogwarts because, as we all well know, everybody is. I, I don't care what they fucking said. Everybody adult and is gay, and that is places fucking gay Hogwarts, <laughs> and you cannot get family. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. which is again why would kurt
3: he doesn't but
2: also he doesn't not not really uh but no that is i don't so let me back up a second here that has been like one of the things that like there's many things that endure from the glee fandom for me that i still enjoy That like mm-hmm. as i have talked about not in the last couple episodes but frequently i still reread a shit ton of the fix because i firmly believe the worse the writing on, on a TV show, the better the fic. So, as we well know, that means the, the fic was amazing. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Um, but uh, this is another one of those things that, for me, like, certain memes, certain, like, touch points from the fandom endure. So, was excited to get to this episode because I completely forgot where – I like, I remembered it, but I didn't remember where it came from. <laughs> sort of, like, existed without outside of the, the episode. But um, I wanted to do, after seeing the episode, I wanted to do a little bit of research to go, hey, who was the first person to make this? Who was the person that, or who actually just made, not the first person to make it, because I'm sure it wasn't like, made multiple times. It was made by one person. Right. Probably reposted a thousand times. So who was the person to make this? Why did you make this? Like how, like what, why, how, like, what was the thought process? Do you have yeah. any you know, thoughts, opinions about it originally? So I was trying to trace the uh the origin of it and you know and running into multiple problems, one being on on the internet, it did not seem like if you go into image search, you can find it pretty quickly by typing in like gleaming talk at me while I eat, but I was looking on like a new like not news but like just like a regular google search and it wouldn't come up as much as I thought. And then I would put in, like, Glee meme, Gay Hogwarts, and there would be pages that were, like, know your memes. And they had Glee memes and other places, like, history of Glee memes. And this one wasn't in there. And I'm, like, okay, maybe, maybe it's not a meme. I think it is. But I was having difficulty finding it outside of, like, some Pinterest boards that had, had, that had pinned it um, and then on Tumblr. So my thought process here being um, maybe it didn't actually pervade further than Tumblr. Maybe like Tumblr fandom is kind of where this lived and didn't get any further than that.
3: I don't know. Um, By the way, typing in gay Tumblr, Hogwarts into Google takes you down a very different road. Not, it. not a worse Google- road a very good road. It's, a it's just road. a very different road for a very different podcast.
2: Exactly, and that that in that road did not did not help at all. So yeah, I guess my my thought process here being, I guess this meme literally existed within the fandom of, of like the Tumblr fandom, which is kind of bonkers to me to realize how large and encompassing that was, both in like breadth as well of, of like people, but also breadth in my life at that point. um and also just like in that it didn't translate and like expand so like what happened in fan
1: it may not have expanded past fandom a lot but if you type the phrase talk at me while i eat into twitter with like quotation marks around it a lot of people have turned that into like a casual phrase they use yeah
2: i i did not like do a twitter search and that is way smarter than trying to just do a google search that makes way more sense you're gonna have more people on on twitter that are going to be familiar with the uh the vernacular of the youth mm-hmm. as i say the other thing is um, we
3: you know we kind of hunted back on tumblr to find it and because problem is you cowards keep deleting your tumblrs. and i know some of I you mean, have legitimate reasons to delete your tumblrs, but could you at least just make it an archive so people like me can stalk them until i'm 60 Because there's some really good fandom shit and you delete it. And I get that maybe you're embarrassed by what you liked when you were 16. But don't be embarrassed. Embrace it. We all like weird shit. And that is fine. Maybe you said some stuff when you were 15. And that is also fine. Sometimes. Stop deleting your tumblers. It's rude. Uh, But if you are the person who posted, like created the gay Hogwarts talk at me while I eat, let us know. Like, we don't have anything to give you other than... And, like, if you don't want to be known publicly as the person who made the talk at me while I eat meme, that's fine. We want to know who you are. Like, drop us a DM. Email us. uh, Put a bat signal in the air or some shit. Like, just let us know so it's not eating at our soul.
2: Also, can I just put a request that it be the bat signal? <laughs> yes. That's what I want. Yeah. Bat signal us because that is... That is the only form of communication I am taking now. That and Raven, only two. If you
3: are out there, fucking let us know.
2: And, and or if you know who the person is, make yeah. them come forward. We just, I, I, just, I'm just, I have questions, and and mm-hmm. they may not be able to answer them because it may just be like it randomly came out of my head. I don't know. I'm just that's
3: serious. also fine. that's fine. It can randomly come out of your head, but I want to know. to know. Anyway.
2: It's such, a, it's such an amazingly interesting fandom moment that came out of literally nothing in the, in the, in the show. Yeah. Cause I'm like, it's the, the episode, like in the episode is fine. Right. I mean, Blaine is kind of cocky even though he goes, I don't want to be cocky, but like he is cause right. then, this is back when we have like Bodie cocky Blaine. And, uh, I don't know if it's like, uh, Coming out of coming out of that ridiculousness, but like the rest of the scene is normal, perfectly standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't really have any other any other notes to to say on on Dalton. Also, oh, other than again, where are the teachers? Yeah, what what teachers? Yeah, exactly. Maybe that maybe that's the thing, Not only is Dalton's Warbler the Warbler uh, uh, Glee Club um, all run by a council. But also, all classes are taught by students and council, yeah. and uh, who knows? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't see a problem with this. Yeah. They seem, yeah. to be doing, seem to be doing fine.
2: Uh, clearly, uh, clearly, because I mean, they're supposed to be one of the the most academically challenging. So, like, yeah. clearly, they're fine. Somewhere in there, they take French, right, or history? I don't remember. Do they take French, or is that another abandoned K- thing?
3: I don't remember.
2: The amount of the amount of shit in my brain that I'm like, I can't remember did that actually happen? Yeah, or did I just funny. read so many so much fic that I agreed with it that now it's just like, yeah, no, that's a thing. Yeah. That being said. I mean, like like Carol being a nurse, being that being canon. Because that's canon. I will defend this
1: it, hill. That's, uh, that, that's the hill that we're gonna die on. That is the hill I'm defending, and that is the hill I'm dying on, apparently. Um okay.
2: All right. All right. Well, okay, so we talked briefly about this earlier in the at the top of the episode, but um, going back to the music. Yes. And, uh Did you guys have a have a favorite performance? I mean,
3: I, I will. I'm almost always going to default to the Warblers because I'm a simple person. Um, I, bills, bills, bills is like fun. There's some cool, like groovy. Uh, it's a terrible competition number, right? Like. There's hardly any dancing. There's a lot of single person singing.
2: That mm-hmm. um, hasn't of... stopped McKinley. I
3: know, right? There's really no. There's no two stepping. They're just kind of standing around a dude in a circle. Um, I love it. They're cute, but heads for roll. Is just a great performance.
2: He- so. um, I actually have a picking a favorite song. I mean, like I, I like it's like you. I'm a simple person. And I want to naturally go towards Bills, Bills, Bills for obvious reasons because it's old-school Warbler Blaine and I adore old-school Warbler Blaine. Um, yeah. That that um, heads will roll is fucking phenomenal. And uh, I think just, like, the, ma- the mashups are hard to do well.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: there are a lot of, like, I, I adore good mashups. They're, it's like one of my favorite things to listen to. We'll always listen to good mashups. And a lot of them can. And mm. Thriller of Heads Will Roll is a really good uh, example of a mashup. So much that it ended up on one of the Best of Booty soundtracks. Because uh, that was one of the better mashups of the entire year across the world from all DJs. I know. I fucking adore that song. And uh, had it on like my, like my running playlist for the long ass time. And yeah. the um, the makeup and the special effects and all of that is is really really fun to watch. All that being said, um, she's not there is also, in my opinion, one of the strongest performances from Corey. Because hmm. I'm like, granted, it's not it does not require him to have a strong you know vocal skills, mm-hmm. but um, I the song itself is just really cool. And the way they they uh, shot it on the um on the episode, I also think was just I was like that this song works for him. He doesn't have the strongest voice, but you know he can carry a note and carry a tune, and he works better when he's got like some ensemble with him. And yeah. uh, I just I I it's not gonna say it's not my favorite, but it is a, I do really enjoy it.
1: Yeah,
2: it's good. Uh, Mandy, thoughts? Well, now I feel
1: really bad having, like, less passionate opinions about things. I think I need to answer before you next time. Uh. (laughs) Um,
2: This won't always happen that I feel. I quite literally have all of these songs still on my my iTunes
1: because I (laughs) do really like these. Yeah, I just wasn't super impressed by any of the music in the episode. And it's not that I don't think that they were impressive. Because, like, the thriller and heads will roll, like, watching it, I totally get, like, if you like those songs and that style of music, why it's really good. Um, I just don't. I'm not a big Michael Jackson fan to begin with. Um, okay, be fair.
3: Michael Jackson fan, it's really hard right now. True.
1: <laughs> Very true. Oh. Which
3: is going to be a really hard thing to talk about in another season.
1: Yeah, hadn't thought about that yet. It's <laughs> going to get real think... awkward. Oh, yeah. Bill's Bill. That Bills. episode, I'm just going to focus
2: on Kurt's like hip roll. And, and and then Blaine's like jumping on the top of his toes. And that's the the entire fucking episode to me. Honestly, we can skip. That. Don't care. Can we'll we watch a- the can we watch those scenes? Can we watch those Yeah. We'll we'll figure that out later.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no i probably like, for future podcasts. <laughs> I liked Bill's Bills Bills because it was, you know warblers playing it's not the top of my list of favorite warbler songs ever though so it was good for the episode That'd be an interesting uh list favorite yeah. warbler
2: songs We may have to do that at some point
1: i'm i i feel like slightly guilty because most of my favorite warbler songs were Lee. wow man I, really i really like whistle oh <laughs> uh, i was gonna say i
2: was gonna say whistle would would be on my list
1: not gonna lie yeah i i think uh back when i like actively used itunes which don't really anymore um whistle was listened to song for like two years that's amazing i have a whole mini episode just about whistle yeah um
2: that that was your ringtone for a while right my ringtone just your ringtone for me it was just for you
1: that was okay. not <laughs> play, fabulous
2: mm. yeah to be fair that is a fucking good ass song no idea why the bar dalton decided to be like sebastian we need you to sing a song about blowjobs that's gonna win us a win us a spot on regional but i'm here for it i think we know how that happened oh i'm sure we know how <laughs> oh boy can't wait uh, can't that is a, that is a that is another podcast. God damn it! So many podcasts. What do we have to do? Yeah. All right. So yeah, we favorite song.
1: Do we have a favorite line? I, I didn't know. write anything down.
2: My favorite line is not an actual line from
1: the show. It's uh, talking to me while we eat, while eat. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that meme is my favorite line from the episode.
2: Agreed. Uh, that agreed. That's fair. Um. Do uh. So the Kevin scale. He got mm. flushed. He also mm-hmm. name, didn't he? Hmm. He was on the. He was yeah. in the um the headsill role and uh, he played some football. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get like a two, two and a half. Like I didn't really feel like there were standout moments for me, but I'm like, you were there. I saw you.
3: Yeah,
2: you didn't do yeah. stuff that made me go, God damn it, Artie. Yeah, two and a half is fine. All right, all right. Now the clean deck. There wasn't a ton
3: of clean there was some Blaine, but there wasn't a lot of Clayton happening. Yeah, They had, like, you know...
1: There was the Blaine likes football, I like scarves line.
2: Yeah. and, and It does sound so old, married couple. It's adorable. Yeah.
3: Blaine did go to the football game and sat with the Hummel Anderson... The, the Hummel Andersons. Wow. The, um... <laughs> jump in the gun. Oh, I'll
2: get there.
3: Jump in the gun. Did sit with um, the Hummels. So, you know, he was meeting the in-laws.
2: Was this was this the first meeting the end?
3: Well, he didn't ever speak to Bert or Carol on screen, so we have to assume we've that... Gotta,
2: we've got to imagine that he didn't just like show up and like yeah. ignore them. Yeah, this was is Blaine Anderson, dapper, charming lead of the of the Dalton Warblers. He would have brought he would have brought Carol a present flowers. as soon as he came over. Yes. He would have brought her flowers or like a pie. Handmade by. I'm, per- I'm sure he's perfectly polite. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's like, even though it's like, this isn't my friend. I'm, I'm meeting your parents. So, and probably brought like, I don't know, like Bert, like a bouquet of wrenches or something. I don't know. <laughs> bouquet wrenches. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, like if he was, if he was over 21, I would have said he would have brought Bert like a, like a really nice bottle of scotch, because he's just like that's him. Like, we're just like oh I just I just had this and it's so great to finally meet you Bert. and like you're just here's like you know, my, my friend's father but like here's an expensive like 120 dollar bottle of scotch and yeah, that would be playing
3: so she seems rich
2: honestly he probably just did that anyway yeah because so I was just like this is this is uh, Anderson that's Scottish, right
3: uh, sure now he you're from,
2: from the Anderson.
3: Anderson fanon and not Canon <laughs> <So> we don't <laughs> probably boy. Don't know anything about his background.
2: We don't. Not at this point. None of this. We don't even know that he's Anderson, to be fair.
3: We don't don't know anything about him.
2: Right now, he's still Blaine Warbler.
3: (sighs) Fuck. Anyway.
2: Uh, Okay.
3: Because he went on a semi-date with the parents. Chaperone date. A date
2: that he didn't know was a date until later, uh, because he's a moron and super oblivious. Oh. Blame seems fair. All right. So I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, do we, do we actually give a number, or did we just keep talking? I put down a four
3: because I got, I picked a four. Yeah,
2: that's fine. No, I, I, I can stand behind that. All right. I choked. Uh, I think, I think that's that, that counts. That's fine. I'm down with that. Um. Okay. Well, oh, uh, I think, I think, does anybody have any last lingering thoughts, feelings, haikus, anything they need off their chest? Um well then, uh that's been our whole episode on uh the Sylvester Shuffle and that's what you missed on week.
3: a whole new perspective on ram 1500 and ram heavy duty motor trends back-to-back truck of the year at the ram start something new sales event now during owner appreciation month financing at 11
0: dollars in and total values on the 2019 ram 1500 classic bighorn crew cab hurry in for great deals during the ram start something new sales event financing for well qualified
2: buyers through chrysler capital not all buyers will qualify package values based on combined value of package items residency
3: restrictions apply to delivery from dealer stock by two three 2020
0: at Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. Uh-huh. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this, because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of twenty percent. Really, my bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, uh-huh. oh, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call one eight hundred Farmers to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Report twenty eighteen nationwide
1: average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state.